1: Taylor Davis, Jason Campbell, here to talk all things Auburn. And it's a big week, special week. And no, I'm not talking about the worst holiday of the year, Valentine's Day. I'm talking about baseball season kicks off this week. Another exciting time on the Plains, especially given the way that season ended last year. The guys are super excited to get it going this season, and we are going to have a very special guest to break that down for us. Assistant coach and former Auburn baseball and football player. I mean, the guy can really do it all. Gabe Gross is going to be joining us at the end of the episode, so definitely Stay tuned for that. Jason, are you, a, are you a big
0: baseball fan? Yeah, I'm an all-everything fan. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like the T-shirts that's going around Auburn right now. You know, Auburn all-everything school. Um,
1: Seriously.
0: Yeah, when I was a kid, I played baseball. I was an all-star. No, not okay. team home horn, but all-star <laughs> up till, uh... To like, you know, junior high and, and you know, I hit a couple of home run slams to win the games. And uh, everybody wanted me to participate in high school. And actually, the Braves wanted to draft me out of high school. And I didn't even play in high school. I just focused on two sports. But the Braves still wanted to draft me out of high school in baseball because they called my parents. Yes, yeah, because they had to call my parents and talk to them and ask them if I would be interested if they decided to draft me in baseball. So I could have been in the major leagues. I would have had to start out in the minors and work my way up. But, hey, there could have been an opportunity there if I had stuck with it
1: goodness. I I could do it all, basically. That's what I'm hearing. That's awesome. Well, we're definitely excited. We've got a few football and basketball notes to go over real quickly before we bring Gabe in. So let's just jump right into it. There's uh, been some football news circulating the past couple of weeks. Want to get your input on Jason. Um, Arguably the biggest is that running back Booby Whitlow has entered the transfer portal. He carried the ball 142 more times than any other running back in the past two seasons despite the fact that he missed multiple games due to injury so obviously that shows this is the most experienced back that we had in the group so we're going to talk about some of the newbies that have come in and and the fact that this is a very stacked group but I want to focus on his decision to transfer first uh I, I was kind of surprised by this. Jason, I'm sure you can speak to it more being really involved in the program. But why do you suspect that he decided to transfer?
0: I think it'd be a couple of things. Uh, when you look at this uh, situation, you think about Whitlow. You know, Tank Bigsby, you know, he's a five-star recruit coming out of high school as a running back position. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. in that position, that's the one position that a kid can come out of high school and have immediate impact. And Mm -hmm. well, you think with a backfield, that's already semi loaded, you know, with Shivers and, you know, of course, we lost Cam. But at the same time, we still have talent there and uh, we have some young talent there. And uh, I feel like he feels as a senior that maybe some of his reps may get taken away with Tank coming in and Mm -hmm. he's trying to find somewhere he can still go and probably still be the be the one future back. And and that way he can get all his carries and continue to get featured, continue to put a lot of stuff on film, which he probably feels like helps his draft stock. But at the same time, it's always hard to leave at this point in your career and go somewhere else right. because you have to learn a new system. You have to learn new players. You have to learn the surroundings and uh, and everything. So I'm pretty sure it's something he's been thinking about uh, ever since uh, he found out the Tank was coming to school here and, and everything. But at the same time, you know, we wish him all the best. Uh, you know, thankful for all what he did for Auburn, but you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. You know, sometimes you like to see guys, you know, stay around and stick it out and uh, and put up a battle, which makes the whole team better.
1: Definitely. I mean, it's it's a decision that he had to make, and he feels confident about it and is moving forward. I really respected his announcement. Obviously, it it. Uh, showcase how much he does appreciate Auburn. He doesn't feel like he was slighted in any way. Unfortunately, this is just the nature of college football. Guys are coming out of high school ready to play, so mm-hmm. he he's doing what he thinks is best, but not just Tank Bigsby. I mean, this this running, group, running back group is stacked. There are four former four-star recruits in that group, DJ Williams, Sean Shivers, Harold Joyner, and Mark Anthony Richards, who we haven't gotten a chance to see, but people have really high hopes for him. And then you've got veteran Malik Miller, who we saw start contributing more last year. I think Sean Shivers, you know, obviously kind of made his mark this past season before he was kind of under the radar. But after the uh, hit hurt around the world in the Iron Bowl, he's kind of proven his toughness Um but I, I think that that has to go into play too. Obviously, you've got Tank Bigsby coming in and, and everybody's going to want to see what he can do early. But you've also got a lot of guys that have been waiting in the wings and are kind of at the top of their game. And Booby Whitlow is a guy who's been plagued with injury. So I think all of that probably played into the decision as well. This group, man, this group is, is loaded.
0: Yeah. Carnell and, uh, you know, Cadillac has done a great job of, uh, you know, of course, some of those guys was there before he got the job. But then ever since he's been there, he's been able to land some big time players. And uh, right. And uh, who, who knows, like that's that's very exciting.
1: Definitely. Uh, well, another thing of note, it has been announced that Sean Shivers will participate in spring practice. For those of you who don't know, he and Anthony Schwartz double football and track. Uh, last year, Sean Shivers did not participate in spring practice. He opted to train with track. Uh, but this year he has decided to participate with football, which is Probably is another showcase of of expectation that he's gonna have a more increased role with this football team. Anthony Schwartz is going to remain focused on track. I, I want to get your input on this one because this is a situation that kind of confuses me a little bit and, and maybe some listeners are confused okay. by it too. So he wants to pursue the twenty twenty Olympics. Mm-hmm. He wants to go compete in Tokyo and run track. Um what what does that mean for his football career? Obviously, he's, he's going to train with track in the spring. The Olympics happen this summer. When will he have to make a permanent decision regarding football?
0: Um, I would probably have to say, like, he doesn't have to make it during springtime because there's been guys before that's missed spring ball uh, in the past before. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think that uh, it's something that he needs to make it, at least I say, by May. And the reason I say that is, when you're heading into the offseason and you're trying to get guys going uh, in summer workouts and you're throwing a ball around, getting used to the quarterbacks, and everyone's trying to get a feel for one another before, you know, you head into those those training days, heading up to the season, you want to make sure that everyone is going to be available has got to be there in the offseason. And I think sports, you know, for him to go pursue the Olympus, I think is a great honor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, first and foremost, to be that fast and that – athletic to run with that type of speed, which is, you know, it's truly a blessing. Him and Tyree Hill is two of the fastest guys I've seen. And um and I think when you think of, of what he can do, he's probably looking at it like, okay, I'm not a big, big receiver. And yes, he hasn't been as much involved in the offense over the years as as we may anticipate it. And, uh, and a lot of this because of his speed and people draw double teams, but there are yeah. other ways. Now you have Chad Morris there, you know, who also gives you another set of eyes another opportunity to look at you and see what you can do special to bring into our team. And, you know, you may want to give that an opportunity, you know, and not, you know, and not bail too soon, but at the same right. time, I understand, you know, track guys make good money as well at the next level with endorsements and everything. And I think he feels like if he can go to the Olympics and be healthy it gives him an opportunity. If he performs well, it can open up a lot of doors for him and his future in the track in the track world more so than in the football world.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, do you think that he would have a shot at the NFL? What position do you think he would play in the league? If if so.
0: Yeah, if he was if he to go to the NFL, you know, I would definitely have to think it would be more of a slot. You know, at that level, mm-hmm. most of the receivers on the outside are big, tall receivers or big, right. strong guys. And most of the guys of his size and his and, and his stability and quickness are mostly used within the slot. And to me, it would have to be with like a team like Kansas City or a team like New England, uh, teams that utilize the slot more than most teams. Um, you know, Dallas even utilizes the slot a lot. Uh, when you think about the guys that they have on their teams and and, and what they do with the speed that they have. So if I'm him, yeah, if I'm looking at it from a standpoint of what's my best career move, I think that's what he's trying to figure out. And I think he's saying this is the time I need to really figure this out and see which direction I want to go in.
1: Well, it's interesting to think that next year's offense – could potentially be without Booby Whitlow and Anthony Schwartz. I know that that kind of feels like a dagger to some people, but that's the reality of it. The good news is we've brought in a lot of great talent. There are plenty of younger guys waiting for their shot, and they've got a guy like Chad Morris assembling everybody right now. So uh, that means uh, excitement along with a little bit of nerves. We can all be nervous as we await that final decision from Anthony Schwartz. But obviously, you know, it, there's his future is involved in this one. This is not just one season, so definitely wish him the best in that one. Let's talk about this recruiting class a little bit. National signing day was last week, so the twenty twenty class is complete and uh there's a lot to be happy about with this one. It's basically a stacked group, pretty even, fourteen on the offensive side of the ball, twelve on the defensive side of the ball, and uh on paper, this is the second strongest class of the Gus Malzon era. It's the best mm-hmm. ranking since finishing sixth in 2014. There's a lot of good along with this one. Well, I
0: think it's a kudos to the coaching staff. You know, I think Gus and his guys does a great job of getting out. And uh, and, and let's be honest, you know, it is, it is a tough sled when you have to deal with in the SEC. Just on the SEC west side alone, and that's not even including if you was to come to the Atlanta area. Now you're competing against uh, Tennessee and Georgia in Kentucky's of the world, but just in that in that hub of the south where you got Alabama, you got LSU, you got Auburn, and you got old Mississippi State that you continues to have to go after these players. When you walk in someone's living room, you better know what you're doing and you better have mm-hmm. a good speech ready. And I feel like our coaching staff has done a really good job of that, of getting players. What sticks out to me about this signing class it's a couple of things. We got five Juco players. I think the reason we went and got five Juco players is to, we're losing five, uh four starters on the offensive line. We're losing three starters uh, on the defensive line. And you think about we're losing four guys on the back end of the secondary. So we have to have guys that has a little bit of experience that can step in and play for us like right now, you know, can come into mm-hmm. the season next year and make an immediate impact. The next thing I look at is, Yes, we have Seth Williams, who's your favorite.
1: But <laughs>
0: also, I think this offseason, we've done a great job of going out and getting more big, tall receivers. And we did yeah. a good job of that. We went and got – you know, Kobe Hudson was a guy that was already committed to Auburn for a while. But we added Capers. We added Evans. We added Kanan. All these guys are guys with – they're least listed at 6'3 right now. And, yeah. And they're still growing. So, you know, before they're done, it could be 6'4, six, 6'5 and uh and everything so you think about if you're if you're Bo and you're looking at these guys across the board for you what's the quarterback's best friend big guys that he can see and uh and this gives him a great opportunity and and everything then you look at our big signing Tank Bisbee Tank is a guy that's going to add immediate impact you know Gus has already said you know he's the type of guy he's a one drive he's a one drive guy you know I mean he doesn't have to come off the field he can stay in immediately for a whole drive. And that's something Auburn haven't had in a long time and uh, and everything. But like you said, we're a backfield by committee right now, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be more of the workhorse. But at the same time, we can't forget about D.J. Williams and Shivers and, and Harold okay. and the other guys that we have on the roster. That's going to help. So competition makes better for everyone. It creates a winning atmosphere, and uh, especially to continue to sign these guys when you've already had a field room that mean you're doing something when you're when you're out recruiting that's that's drawing these guys to believe in Auburn and what we're trying to do
1: yeah i mean i think the general consensus for auburn fans has been that they have the makings to have a really special season next year Bo Nix kind of having some experience under his belt Kevin Steele staying on staff Gus Melzon feeling more settled in, in what this role of the coaching staff is going to be next year bringing in a guy like Chad Morris you still have Seth Williams you've got a loaded running back crew and now you bring in a really great recruiting class I think that more so shows that it, young talent young athletes also see the potential in this Auburn football program. My standout, obviously Tank Bigsby is a a big one. I'm going to go ahead and circle. I'm really excited about Brandon Frazier. He is a four-star tight end out of Texas. This is a Chad Morris get. Uh, Definitely a guy that I'm excited about because I've been a little disappointed in the lack of tight end usage. So I'm, I'm keeping my eye on that one. I think that could be an interesting guy.
0: And that's interesting uh, that you say that, Taylor, because when you think about, you know, signing Frazier, you know, who's a big tight end and as definitely would help us in our offense because it opened up the middle of the field. Mm. There's another guy from last season that we signed that broke his arm last uh, in winter workouts. So he didn't get a chance to perform this season is um, is the brother of Jake Fromm that uh, played at Georgia oh. and uh, his his brother signed with us last season. And uh, so he had the red shirt this year. So we will be getting him back this spring and uh, getting ready for the season. So that's two immediate tall tight ends, big kids that can help our offense and uh, in the blocking game and in the passing game for sure.
1: I like it. I like it. Well, another aspect of Auburn athletics that is having some serious success. Let's talk about this basketball team real quickly. Since we last spoke, this team defeated Kentucky at home when uh, college game day was there. That environment was electric. Then they went on the road, defeated Arkansas in overtime. And then this past weekend, I'm pretty sure my heart has not recovered since that game, defeated LSU at home in overtime. By one freaking point, I thought I was going to pass out. It was absolute insanity. This team, this team just knows how to get it done. They were down by 12 majority of the LSU game. They just, they keep their composure. Uh, What impresses you about this team? Give me a little bit of, of your analysis as a guy who I know has a love for basketball as well.
0: Yeah, I love basketball. You know, like I said, uh, Coach Pearl has done an outstanding job, and and this guys. But you look at the games that we've had at Auburn, uh, the Kentucky game, which I was at, and then the LSU game that had to fight back and win. We're almost like the Kansas City Chiefs of the playoffs in our basketball program. And the reason I say yeah. that is, it's almost like we love to get behind and then show our grit and our fight and come back and, totally. and to win a game. And that LSU game was so impressive because. We had to earn everything we got down at the end, and McCormick got hot. He caught fire. He hit a couple of big threes for us to help yeah. us, you know, to extend that ball game and 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 everything. Our defense just was tenacious. You know, they was after these. They was after LSU, and LSU is a really good basketball team. And uh, I feel like our guys are winning with defense, and they're starting to believe in their long shot and and everything. And I think if we can continue to keep that up heading throughout the the rest of the SEC play and into the tournament and everything, you know, who knows how far this team can go because there's not a team in the nation that I look at across the NCAA and just say, oh, Arvin can uh, – can Arbin beat this team? Like, Arvin could mm-hmm. beat any one of these teams on any given Saturday or any given day. So, we just have to continue to support them and continue to let them fight.
1: My goodness, a fight it was. And I also just want to say I am so freaking proud when I watch those games on television because – the home court advantage is so freaking obvious. And I can't even, I haven't even been there yet, but even some of my colleagues at ESPN have been saying, I've never been in a louder environment. I've never been in a more energetic environment. Like what they have built down there and the way that the university has bought in, it is so special because this, this, um, we say so often things in sports aren't, overnight changes this almost was and I'm not talking about the talent I'm talking about the buy-in for this basketball program the way the fans will show up at 5:30 in the morning to be there for game day or, or the line out the student window to get into the game like there is just this is so different from when I was in school when I was there unfortunately there there wasn't a ton of following for the basketball program you could get in there very easily if you wanted to go to a basketball game and now it is it is such a there's the same buy-in and excitement for this basketball program as there is for the football program and i am so proud to see that that has happened for auburn
0: yeah auburn fans you're doing an outstanding job supporting all the sports you know like taylor said this wasn't like this when i was in school yes we went to the lead eight we lost to syracuse but they'd be sold out in in basketball baseball You know, it's just and and as well. We already know football always sell out. It's just it's it's a commitment to what you you are doing as fans, and uh, Mm -hmm. you're bringing so much excitement to Auburn. These kids are coming to Auburn because of the atmosphere that y'all are creating, and uh, we just hope that y'all continue to to bring that energy. Uh, continue to support this basketball program the football program the baseball program the tennis the soccer whatever whatever's going on at Auburn Auburn is taking off right now and I need everybody to get on get on get on the plane get on the ship <laughs> and let's continue to ride and let's ride this wave as long as we possibly can because this is not this doesn't happen everywhere where all your sports yeah. are doing very well so look at it as a great opportunity to 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 be involved because you are the reason that the atmosphere is what it is and why these kids are signing their letters of intent to come to our university.
1: Absolutely. And let's keep that success rolling as baseball season is finally here. We are going to bring in Gabe Gross now to give us a little season preview, talk about his time on the Plains and uh, and what the team is is looking forward to this season. So let's go ahead and get Gabe in here now. All right, everybody. It's time for the real reason that you're listening. Let's talk a little Auburn baseball. We've got assistant coach Gabe Gross on the line with us now. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely, man. It's good to hear from both of you. Hey, man, we're just glad to have you on. and glad you can bless us with your presence this morning. You're about the only (laughs) guest that we've had on the show, Gabe, that I haven't had to roast before. And, oh uh,
1: true. <laughs> I would also argue that Gabe is our only guest who has requested a morning interview. Jason, all your football guys like to sleep in and don't want to talk until the afternoon.
0: That is true. That is true. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel bad for us. I guess all those five o'clock workouts we had to get up and do. You know, Gabe <laughs> did it for a few years with Coach Tubb, and then uh, you know, he got <laughs> real smart and went out to baseball and didn't put that pounding on his body. So um uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, we're so used to getting up at five thirty and getting beat up that uh mm-hmm. guys don't tend to open their eyes in the off season to ten o'clock yeah yeah most of that. most
2: of our games in baseball are at night we you know y'all play still at twelve y'all still have to get up early on day games man know nah, nah, we play at seven o'clock everybody gets off work, you <laughs> sleep in, play at night and you're good to go and so I did that so now I'm ready to get up in the morning.
1: there, there you go. go. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate it. Want to pick your brain a little bit as season gets going this week. It's crazy that it's finally here, but certainly a lot to be excited about around this program. But my first question for you is actually about your involvement with this program, because like we mentioned, you actually played both football and baseball during your time at Auburn. You went the baseball route and now you're serving in a coach capacity and and you're seeing the evolution of this program and some really special things happen there. I I just want to hear what that is like for you. It's, it's got to be a little surreal to now be serving uh, in a coach role and and to be around the program that you once participated in. What's that opportunity like for you?
2: Well, it's um, it's extremely special uh, to me. Uh, I uh, was fortunate to play uh, at Auburn uh, baseball at a time when, you know, how Baird had built the program uh to really into a national power. They'd just come off two Omaha appearances uh, the year before I got there. In ninety eight they'd won the SEC tournament. Uh we hosted and won a regional, went to super regional my freshman year and and went to regionals uh, very competitively uh and, and played in finals, uh, at least my junior year, we're one game away from super regional and we're and we're in the hunt, I guess I should say, for uh and playing in the top half of the SEC every year and then you know it just went kind of on a dry spell a little bit, and it's been uh it's been really really um special to me uh that coach Thompson uh, thought enough of me to include me on his staff and to, to to be a part of kind of the resurgence a little bit that uh, the last couple of years uh won a regional again went to a super regional and then last year got it got it back to omaha uh, and then hopefully uh this year continuing to build on that success. but to be a part of that at, at my alma mater is it's just been it's been extraordinary.
0: Yeah, Gabe. This season, y'all open up as a number eight team in the preseason. Um, how are y'all like taking, like you know, into consideration, like the the accolades and everything that happened last year, but also you know, building off of that and preparing these guys' minds not to look too far ahead because we are nationally ranked and top ten starting the season out.
2: Yeah, you know, any uh, for the most part, every coach who's who's highly ranked is is going to say something similar to this. But you know, preseason polls and total paper have one very uh, common thing. <laughs> um, and they're not good for, for much. Um, and, you know, but, but I think our guys do understand. I think that for the most part that we got to Omaha last year and we looked around and, and we didn't really see anybody that, that we didn't feel like we could beat. And, and I think that gave the guys coming back a lot of confidence going into this year. Uh, we lost Elliot Anderson on the mound and, and we lost Will Holland and Edward Julian. Uh, from our lineup, but really beyond those three, we we got a lot of guys who who went through the wars last year. And our regular season wasn't pretty last year. It was a uh, man. It was a knockdown drag out. We had knocked to the canvas a couple times, and we had to get back up. And um, you know, Stephen Williams hit a huge home run in the second game of the regional against Georgia Tech It left us to a win there. And then we kind of rode that into Omaha. And I think everybody looked around again, like I said, and said, you know what? We're just as good as anybody here. And I think that expectation, just amongst ourselves, regardless of the polls, uh, is what's kind of driving this team right now. There's a there's a lot of guys who, in the moment they walked off of Omaha's field last year, have been waiting for Friday to get here uh, to to restart this uh, this next journey.
1: I mean, it's something really special. I've I've always told people if if you've got a sports event bucket list the College World Series needs to be on it. There is just something really special about Omaha. And, you know, I was down there last year covering you guys, and that team was just really special. There was something about it, and obviously there were some heartbreaking moments there, but the the guys just really had a good relationship. And it just seems like Coach Thompson and and the staff that he's assembled – everyone's kind of working toward the same goal and and everyone seems to be on the same page with where you want this program to go. So while you can't necessarily try and duplicate last season, right? It's a clean slate, but you do have a lot of returners and, and guys that are fired up from that experience last year. I mean, you've got seven of nine position starters returning. How beneficial is it for you guys to have some of those veterans that are that motivated to see this program continue in that that trajectory
2: oh it's uh, it's enormous I mean that uh, you got uh, some of our, our seniors especially a guy like Connor Davis who uh, mm-hmm. you know Connor was a freshman he's kind of seen it all so to speak I mean he's kind of been a part of the resurgence um, you know he came in uh, the year he got there as a freshman um, the, the year before that he's coming in living with a high school senior we, we we're pretty terrible and uh, <laughs> he's.
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: you know he he's he has seen it build he's seen it build from uh you know they made it to a regional and got beat we made it to a regional and won it uh and then to the super regional got beat and into a super regional and won it and and now he's here and and you know he's kind of uh he's kind of the the elder statesman if you will especially amongst the position players and and just having guys like that and and some other guys as well Steven Williams has been around this is his third year and um just they they've seen it and their hearts are not going to get sped up in big moments. Um, They've been around it. They've had their backs to the wall. They know what it's like to get punched in the mouth and have to get up and come back and ready to play ball the very next day. And they know what it's like to to win a couple and play good and know you got to finish a series. I mean, it's experience. uh, As Jason will tell you in sports, I don't know if it's, I think I'd rather have more talent, uh, but experience is, uh, yeah, very can't uh, you. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, you know, it's is tough to, it's tough to come by. There's the only one way to get it, and that's to go through the wars. And, and we've got a lot of guys who've, who've been through it. And Let me, let me touch a little bit on something you said at the beginning, and, and that's just how special, uh, the experience in Omaha is. And I, I said earlier, I just missed Omaha my freshman year. We, we won regionals and got beat by a really good Florida State team in the super regionals, uh, in a, in a really good series. Uh, and they wound up being the national runner up, but they'd been in 97, been in 94. My freshman year was in 99. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't get to go to Omaha until I covered it with, with ESPN uh, mm-hmm. before I started coaching. And I didn't know, really know what to expect, but I was absolutely blown away with, with how cool of an experience that was. And I was just out there covering it. I didn't have a dog in the fight, so to speak, but just the people, the town, um, the teams, just how that city really shuts down around the College World Series and yeah. uh, the stadium itself, the atmosphere, uh, the vendors that are around with baseball stuff. If you have any ounce of baseball uh, love in your heart, it's just something you got to do at some point. You, you got to go to Omaha and you got to experience that for uh, really as long as you can. But you know, most people, it's going to be just a couple of days. But it, it is worth the trip. It's worth the experience.
1: Definitely.
0: Oh, that's awesome, Gabe. Uh, like you said, experience is something you can't coach. You know, it's something that just comes with just playing and having to be in an atmosphere. Like you said, that's uh that was great from last season's standpoint. When you talk about Tim Hudson, uh, you know, a guy that played in Major League Baseball as well as yourself, and uh, the experience that he has had when he comes into this staff and uh comes into y'all team, like how does it make y'all feel as a as you know as a unit? You know, y'all look at each <laughs> look at each other and say, Man, we was both former greats here at Auburn. You know, now we have the opportunity to, to participate and help young men continue to grow on and off the field. Then also I want to get your take on uh, Tanner, Tanner Burns.
2: Well, for, first, Tim, is, you know, the, the two things that jump at me at, at about Tim, and it's something that I tried to do when I first got there, and that is really still make it about the players. And it's not about me. It's not about my experience in, in Major League Baseball. It, it's, it, it's their career. It's their stuff happening on the field. You know, Stephen Williams was hitting that big walk-off home run against Georgia Tech, and it, and it wasn't me. I didn't hit the hanging slider. He hit. It. <laughs> and Tim, you know, Tim is really like that too. And it's you know, he had he had a great career, and he's won a World Series, and he went to the World Series at Auburn. He was a Golden Spikes winner. But you know, now he's a coach, and and it's it's about making those guys better, and that's the approach he takes to it. And as a staff, it just you know, we have such a good staff. We have good men. First and foremost, and then the, the amount of baseball knowledge that's in the room with with Butch Thompson and Carl Nunnemaker, myself and Tim, is, is just is just fabulous. Um, it is a challenging work environment because there's so much um, there's so many uh, so much iron sharpening iron uh, that goes on, or so much of that that goes on between us as coaches. And just to have four pairs of eyes that have really seen a ton of baseball and know it to, to be looking at everything, man, we just make each other better. Uh, and then you asked about Tanner Burns. Uh, I think Tanner Burns has got a chance uh, this year to be to be more even more special than he than he has been. Uh, he didn't throw in the fall. His arm is really fresh. It's rested. Um, he has the maturity of a junior and a guy who's been at Friday, on Friday night the last year and has been through those wars. Uh, his last two or three starts leading up to this season, his arm has been really really fresh. He's worked hard on the slider to improve it. I think it has improved. He's also developing a little change up to give him three pitches. And that that Joker is just a bulldog on the mound. He is yeah. he is as competitive uh as anybody I've ever been around. And he won't he doesn't want to win. He wants to dominate you. And that, that's a that's kind of a rare commodity in a college pitcher. And I, I just uh, you just count me down as a big believer in Tanner Burns.
1: Hey, we like to hear that. I'll, I'll call me a believer too. Why not? Throw me in there. Right, we we'll throw me the in there. Four- <laughs> All three of us. Uh, Gabe, before we let you go, obviously season is among us. You told me before we started recording, you're just ready to go and get this thing moving. And obviously come Friday, we're going to be able to see what this team is all about. But give us a little bit of insight, man. How how has the group been looking in practice? Have the bats been swinging? I mean, give us a little something that we can be expecting come season.
2: Uh, Really, really the strength of our team should be our pitching depth. Um, like I said, we we lost Elliot Anderson last year, um, and that was that was really about it uh, as far as guys who threw significant innings for us. And so we've got a ton of guys who have thrown really big innings in really big situations. And I think the biggest key early will be figuring out exactly what roles they need to play. Uh, Cody Greenhill uh, probably back in a, as a closer role. I know he is he has been extraordinary for us for two years. Um, but we got guys like Richard Fitz who came on big last year as a freshman, and Jack Owen who who had a breakout sophomore year. Bailey Horn, a junior college transfer, who pitched maybe the biggest game for us uh, last year in the, in the regional final. Um, that that this is just blossoming every year. He was coming off surgery and really got healthy late. Uh, and, we, and we've got a couple of freshmen uh, that that we're going to really take a look at as well. I mean, we've just we we've, we've got some options. We got to figure out exactly what roles they belong in, and then. And then offensively, we, we, we've got a little mixture of everything. We, we've got, uh, you know, Casey Howell, our center fielder, and and Ryan Bliss are, are guys that can steal bases a little bit for us. Judd Ward is a uh, really big grinder, uh, has tremendous at-bats for us. Uh, lead-off hitter most of the time. and going to get deep in counts and put pressure on pitchers. Connor Davis, Stephen Williams, guys, big – Physical guys put the ball out of the ballpark. Matt Scheffler is the tougher out uh, at the catching position. Just, it's just hard to strike him out. He's just going to battle you. I mean, we've got a little mixture of everything, and and that's usually a good thing. We're not all all one-sided.
0: Well, that's good, Gabe. We would definitely appreciate you coming on this morning, man, and uh, making us part of your day. We know it's a busy day, and you guys getting ready for the season. To everyone that don't know this, when I first got to Oakland, after being traded to the Raiders, I ran to Gabe in the Oakland Coliseum. Him and his wife at the time, and uh, and, we, and we and we met miles and miles and miles away from Auburn. After we've already oh, wow. met <laughs> yeah, we've already yeah. met before, but we ran into each other when he happened to be playing for the A's, and I was happy to be going to the Raiders. Oh, that's so, crazy! It a you know, it, it was it was. I'm sure
2: you experienced this somewhat as well, and it's crazy that you know we both attended Auburn and we first met three thousand miles from Auburn, um, <laughs> but. You know, it didn't matter what stadium I played in. It did not matter where I was. I heard somebody yell War Eagle almost daily uh, at me, whether that was in Seattle, whether it was in Oakland, New York, Boston. You know, somebody was going to yell War Eagle at me. The Auburn, um, you know, family is just everywhere, and they're so passionate about uh, not only current Auburn sports, but former Auburn athletes as well. It's a a really special fraternity, and it was – you know, when Jason and I met, it was it was like immediate friendship. I mean, it was just like, yeah, we'd never met each other, but we, we definitely knew who each other were and uh, the respect uh, of what what each other had done on the athletic fields and how they carried themselves. Really, I don't know if I ever said that to Jason. That that's one of the biggest things that I love about Jason, just how he carries himself. He was such a professional in the NFL, uh, such a leader while he was at Auburn, and it just uh, man, that's what that's what being an Auburn man is all about. And that was a, that was a special moment. Uh, out in Oakland when we got to run together
1: that is awesome man I love to hear stories like that because obviously we all have a little bit of bias you know a little bit but uh the Auburn family is it's (laughs) special man and when you hear stories like that you know it's it's not just a cliche that is something that is truly acted out Gabe we certainly wish you the best as season gets going I I expect it's going to be another special year for you guys
2: so, thank you all very much, Taylor. And, hey, just because we're biased doesn't mean we can't be right. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> it's so true. But, uh, yeah, we're we're really excited. Uh, if, if you hadn't bought season tickets, they are sold out. I'm sure there will be some single game ones left. But come, come support us. We are really trying to move this program forward, and fan support is a huge part of that. 100%.
1: All right, everybody, that wraps it up for us here on Tiger Talk. As always, thank you so much for listening to Jason and I as we talk all things Auburn. We have some phenomenal guests like my man Gabe Gross every week. So be sure and subscribe. Listen to us every week. Leave a comment if you'd like. Tell us, War Eagle. And uh, we will continue to make this thing bigger and better. So, as always, thank you so much for listening and War Eagle.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.